sponsored by Personal Life Media, which is a multimedia lifestyle brand providing entertaining and authentic personal content to the more socially conscious, aware, out there kind of humans, preferably adults. For me, I found things like as a single lady, the sex bucket list is a game changer. So all of the links are in the show notes around the different kind of courses, ideas, experiences that you can cultivate in your sex life with yourself and with other people. But for now, enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Working Under Pleasure podcast with me, your host, Lucy Woods. Now, let's face it, guys, if you aren't using your voice and asking for what you want in every area of your life, and that includes in and out of the bedroom, then are you really living your life to your truest potential? So I'm no expert by all means in this department, which is why every week I have a new expert who joins me to share how they vulnerably open up about what they like in the bedroom, out of the bedroom, and how this has a ripple effect on the rest of their lives. This is all about encouraging you to use your voice, speak your truth, and create the life that you want in every single way. So join me each Wednesday. I look forward to having you on the show, and I'll see you soon. Bye. Hello, my darlings, and welcome to today's episode with the beautiful Cass Morrow, aka Ryan Cass Morrow. In today's episode, we talk all about how, as a man, you can talk to your wife's vagina, aka yoni, pussy, however you want to term it. Cass shares all about his experiences, as well as how he, as a man, went from being in literally a lifeless marriage that was about to fail through to getting a restraining order, to having children with different partners, and to how he is now, and how he has educated 2,200 men so far, and counting, into living their best lives with the most fulfilled marriages. And as we know, marriage is coming up with more and more divorce rates more than ever and typically that can come down to from sex and communication so enjoy today's show and i can't wait to hear how you find it sponsored by personal life media which is a multimedia lifestyle brand providing entertaining and authentic personal content to the more socially conscious aware out there kind of humans preferably adults. For me, I found things like as a single lady, the sex bucket list is a game changer. So all of the links are in the show notes around the different kind of courses, ideas, experiences that you can cultivate in your sex life with yourself and with other people. But for now, enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome Cass to today's show. I am so excited to have you and I think it's really refreshing you are the first man for me to have on the working under pleasure podcast gender neutral doesn't matter but it's just an honor to have you and I'm really excited to talk with you today so for the audience can you please introduce a little bit about yourself and the amazing work that you do with men I would love to. Thanks for having me on, Lucy. And and I, I didn't know I was the first man, so thank you very much. I think we're we're going to start a big trajectory for you here. But uh, <laughs> I'm Cass, Ryan Cassmore on all social media, and I'm all about helping men reset desire, reset passion in their wife and their marriage again. I'm a sexless marriage survivor. And by the way, I define sexless marriage not just six months or more without sex, but if your wife's just laying there doing it as a job, shutting you up because she's 
you're frustrated, you're angry, you're you're pouting, uh, checking off the to-do list. I want sex to be mad, passionate in marriage. So that's what I do. It's the most exciting job on the planet. And it comes from experience. A lot of learning, a lot of lessons because, well, I didn't like having no sex in my marriage. And when I started to get into it and really evaluating why I was having this kind of, this type of marriage, first four years of my marriage, first four years, seven separations, I was on a restraining order against me for and on probation for a year because there was physical, emotional, sexual assault. Uh, basically, narcissism, as bad as it can get. And we turned it all around. And now we are lit up and we are so passionate about trying to flip divorce statistics, my wife and I. And so that's what I do. And it's the most exciting job on the planet. I have to be honest. I love it. Wow. Um, your honesty about your backgrounds is insane. I, I love this about you already. I'm like, yes. Um, oh, thank you. You're welcome. Like a lot of people seem to talk about like, you know, I had this challenging times in my life and now look at me now. Like this is always a work in progress, right? So what what did you, I mean, how do you flip from having a restraining order? I've actually been with someone I have had a restraining order as well with someone. So I can kind of understand. It's great to hear someone's side versus my side as well. So like what point were you like, holy shit, I'm better than this. How am I going to step up? Wow, this is such a loaded question, Lucy, because for me, I think that like everyone else, you don't really realize how bad you are in your marriage, your relationship, long-term, even with just when you're dating, you don't realize that the programming that you have from childhood to dating people to the red flags you raise on your own partner with the wounds, the trauma, the triggers, the everything. And so for me, what really happened was I, my parents paved the next two decades of my life. I left the home and I was just angry. I knew that you're supposed to fight every single day. And the turning point for me was I really love this woman. I really, that's why I say, go get your wife on all my content on social media. I really love this woman, but I couldn't understand why I was so angry all the time. And then when I started to dig into that, I had no idea what I was doing. And I was in that probation period where, it, so by the way, nothing I did would ever work for Catherine because she thought I was just doing it so I wouldn't go to jail, right? But so that was a one-year push of just showing up and doing my thing. And somewhere in there, I realized, to my, I said to my wife, this is amazing. We're fighting every three days. And she was like, um, honey, that's not normal. And I thought, what are you talking about? Like, you're supposed to fight every day. That's the, exactly what I had for my entire life. If I didn't have somebody in my life as a, as a girlfriend or anything, I was fighting with somebody at work, a client or, or a friend or whatever. I had no idea, Lucy. And when I realized that, I clicked and I realized I'm in control. I, I Well, I wasn't. I had to figure out how to be in control and chase the feeling that I want. Now, the reason why I said it's a really loaded question is because that started the trajectory, but then there was a lot of work to do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's an intimidating or confronting place to be, right? Where you're realizing things aren't what you thought was supposed to be right. And then how, how old were you, if you don't mind me asking, at that time? At the time, so I would have been 37 at the time. Wow. So it's like 37 years of conditioning to recondition yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the things I talk about, and I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but real quick, like we're all, we're all a basis of our habits and our skills. That's it. Right. And so when you start to replace bad habits and skills, i.e. edit the programming that you have in your brain, you don't have to think about it like 
okay, I got to stop yelling, you know, count backwards from 10, clench my fists, you know, go through all the anger management shit. No, not actually, actually, that's not it. If you start to change your habits and behaviors, you'll automatically start doing the things that you need to do that will make it easier to not feel what you're feeling and actually move forward. And so that's it's stuff that I developed, stuff that I learned and took from pieces of all over the place and put together, but it just makes it more simplified. Like men are kind of like Lego or cars, right? Give me the parts, build it. How do I do it? Give me the instructions. Okay. My car is built. You know what I mean? I got the rocket ship. It's all together. If we have a step-by-step it's so much easier, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I don't love that. <laughs> That's the building example. Um, <laughs> I think some people say men are black and white. Women are like gray rainbow colors and everything in between. So <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, So now that you've kind of come into the place and you mentioned to me, Ella, you worked with 2,200 men last year. Is that right? Yeah. So I mean, quick backstory. So we lost everything, our business and everything, which was a gym related business. Actually, I owned a gym for 20 years, lost it with COVID. And I got into a few other projects and that that's okay. No, it's my, I was bad spending money before. So it was my problem, not the government's. I, I can blame my government, but Come on, who spent the money? So <laughs> I anyway, so I done a few projects. And then and then my my wife one day she looked at me and she said, Honey, you've been working with men for two years, helping them with everything that you're doing. Like because I had a big network from owning a gym for 22 years. And she goes, Why aren't you doing this? I said, Fuck, you're right. And so that was in December. And I immediately put a course together refilmed it three times, went viral 37 or 38 days after going um, on social media. And from there, because you go viral, like you just, you just get men, men are like, what? I can have sex with my wife again. What? And so they're just constantly calling. And so I had the privilege of being able to figure out not only, you know, how to help them faster, but like, oh man, what worked for me? They still need extra help. They need this. They need that stuff. Like I knew as an entrepreneur, it didn't work. And yeah, so 2,200 men in just over a year now. And that doesn't even include the the women that my wife has helped because our programs run independently from each other. I can talk about that another time if you want, but we're just nonstop. It's just, it's just super exciting. It's so humbling. It's so incredible to be trusted to, to help save marriages because everybody that comes to us, everybody's telling them to leave. End it. It's not fair. You don't deserve this. Like supporting the blame game, the toxic, the... Well, ah, that's a whole big thing we can get on too. It's just crazy to me, but yeah. yeah. Well, and so typically are you supporting the husband and she's supporting the wife or the partner or each? Well, let's break it down a little bit more simplified actually. So yeah. the, the husband or wife who comes to one of us is the one who's in. What we recognized in our own marriage is couples will often say they're both in, right? Okay, I want to work on the marriage. I want to work on the relationship. Let's make sure that we can figure this out. And so let's just, I'll use the therapy example, because that's what most people would think to do. So let's go to therapy. And now you have a big argument. You're stuck in the past because therapy keeps you going backwards in time, but never when anything was good. But anyway, so that's another another topic. No, so it's now, a really good point to bring up. Yes. They give you a skill, but then where's the real-time support? And yeah. now you got to wait three weeks for something. And now you're talking about the issue. You Most of the time you leave therapy and you're fighting about what you just drug up from the past. And like, so my wife and I realized wait a minute. We used to say things like, of course I'm in. Like, we're going to therapy. I'm going to therapy with you. Yeah. But that's kind of like saying, does my ass look fat in this dress? No. You're conditioned to say what you're supposed to say. You'd look stupid if you said, I'm not in anymore. So what do you say? I'm in. 
So what we did is we started being really, really truthful, open, vulnerable, honest about our story. The fact is you're not always both in. The fact is if you're on the phone with me, you're in. You're, you're saying you want to fix this. Your partner, who knows? But you can take responsibility for yourself and you can own your side and you can pretend like your partner's done nothing wrong. They're reacting to you and lead your partner. So whosoever is the one that's in, that's the person that works with us. It's very uncommon for us to work with both. Both. It's like a, usually we'll work with the second partner or the partner like down the road, right? And that's a strong if. If, if the wife follows Catherine or if the husband follows me, well, then they're leading their partner. They don't need to, that you shouldn't need to, unless, unless you need to start talking about your pet. Maybe you do need therapy, maybe digging into some triggers, you need some coaching because you're struggling a little bit because you won't let go. That's different, you know? Yeah. And so, oh gosh, I am so excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> the first four hour episode here. Comes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare everyone. Um, so with you, like, with with right the work that you do with the men do you, is there like anything that's really surprised you that you have seen as a mirror in yourself right where you're like oh okay i see where this is coming from i haven't maybe worked on this on myself or like yeah is there something that really shocks you that's a great so question i wouldn't say that i get shocked <laughs> but what i'll say is this what i really learned not too long ago but four months ago now I implemented something called Marriage Lords. So it's a group of men where men can be vulnerable with each other. For example, recently I talked about uh, the sexual assault I did with Catherine on numerous occasions. This in turn opened up the men to speak out and what they were going through. And what I learned very quickly having this group was that it's not necessarily that they're helping me realize more within me. I mean, I spent like 240 grand to learn what I know, Uh, not just me, my wife and I, but we put the time and we put the work in and I'm always learning. I pick up a new book, a new course all the time. We're doing parenting courses right now and we're doing new sex courses right now. Like we're always learning, but with the men, what I learned was, you know, the expression, those who teach can't. Yeah. Force shit because in your marriage or your long-term relationship, you're hurting. And so when you're on the inside looking out our natural being is is self-preservation, survival mode. This is a threat. I have to defend myself. But when you start to work with the men, what happens is you see their scenario, they ask for help. And you're like, I would do it this, 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 and this. It in turn, makes you reflect back and go, okay, crap, I could have done that too. Right? Mm-hmm. Because in your own relationship, you're stuck. You still have the wall. Let's an easier example would be, So you're in the program. Well, your wife doesn't just go, I mean, sometimes you're super lucky, but most wives aren't like, yes, this is everything I ever wanted. I'm in. It doesn't necessarily happen that way, right? Like first, she has to learn to trust you again, feel safe again, emotionally connect with you again. And well, she's going to probably push you a little bit to make sure it's real, right? That's why she would say things like, it's not going to last. You're just doing this. Why wouldn't you do this back? I obviously don't matter to you because you could have done this five years ago or whatever, it's your job to keep going around the track consistently, right? And so when you're working with other people like that, when you, I, I tell my lords, you're all, lords help lords, you're all coaches. Because when you do that, it internally makes you go, oh, damn, I could have done way better at that right now. Mm. Because you told somebody else, because it's so easy to look on their life and go, dude, come on, you fucked up, you know? 
Yes. And then, wow. So it's around like the consistency with women. Do you see, because I don't feel like a lot of men understand the importance of like the consistency with a female of like showing up and the safety, like what sort of advice would you give to a man that was listening right now that is like, what? this is alien to me. Like where, you know, good question. Lucy. So (laughs) I think the first thing that we should address with this is the last hundred years or so have really screwed up what men are. Men are allowed to be men. No, they're not. Rightfully so, women had an uprising, right? Rightfully so, women took back control. And this is what we would call feminism on a whole, right? And there's there's a whole spectrum of that that can be pretty toxic, can be pretty just, you know, I'm a woman. I want to hear me roar. And and I love a strong, I mean, my wife is a strong-ass, confident woman, and every man should dig in and pull out and harness those powers and strengths that she has inside her. But because of how it went, and rightfully so, because of how bad it's become, and then we have these things like Me Too and all this stuff that's happened, it's it's made men not be allowed to be men. And this started long before things like Me Too. I mean, we can look back. When the men went off to war and women teachers taught the boys how to be men and they look for approval from women, it's called nice guys. You're this nice guy. You have this nice guy syndrome where you're looking for approval or at least not disapproval. So you don't, you don't act out of a place of love. You act like if I give, I'll get, if I take care of her, then I'll get something in return. And you don't even go over your needs because you're afraid of being disapproved of. So you're too scared to give your needs, to share your needs in a safe, loving way, not a demanding, controlling way. And so men now not being allowed to be men and encompassed in I just need her to love me. Like if I don't have sex, she must not think I'm good enough. Like if, if you're listening to the show, man, like you got to dig deep. You're putting your wife on a pedestal right now. And she's, she can't meet your needs because it's this vicious cycle. It's the victim triangle actually is what it's called. And it makes it impossible to move forward. So the advice I would have is you're going to have to stop, dig deep and go, okay, am I a man? There's a reason why I don't, I don't teach men. Like there's lots of books, lots of programs that are like, Superior man, masterful man, the ultimate man, alpha male, toxic masculinity. The reason why I say a man and I put up pillars like man in control, man in power, with none of this is manipulating or anything like that. Man at home, man with kids, man with posture, man pushing must have sex buttons. Like all of these things, it's because you're supposed to just be a freaking man. Men have not been allowed to be men for so long or they're afraid to do it because of whatever this deep-seated need of approval is instead of just showing up and leading their wife. Man, this consistency that you're talking about, she just needs a, a man she can trust. Mm-hmm. She just needs a man she can she can believe in that won't, that has the same kind of integrity he has with work, mm-hmm. but he brings that home, mm-hmm. you know? That is so good. I remember saying that to a guy I was dating once, being like, You are so driven in your work and so dedicated as a person to your work. But you come home and it's totally different story. Oh, hands down. I mean, I think the easy, boring examples like, Did you fix this week you said you'd fix? Did you tell her what you'd like for dinner? Like, would you like chicken or pasta? Actually, I'd like a steak. Say it like it is. Oh, I think I think you should go with pasta because in your mind you're thinking, I don't want her to be upset. That'd be easy for the kids' lunch for leftovers. But no, man, she uh-huh. just wants you to make a decision. Where do where would you like to go for dinner tonight? Tell her or give some options. Like it's it's gone to the wayside where it's like everybody's so afraid. It's happy wife, happy life. I have a whole thing on 
society solutions, but like happy wife, happy life is one of them where it's just, it's, it's, it's out of control where a man can't follow through with being truthful, even in his word, because he's afraid to upset her. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to make like, if she's not in a good mood, I'm not going to have sex today. It's already been two weeks, you know, Uh or it's been four months. Like, you know, I don't want to upset her because I want things to be good, man. You're not ready for the hard conversations yet, which I push all the time, but we're not, maybe not ready yet. You got to learn the skills. But the, the truth is you first need to identify who you are and live by that, live by that. That's your integrity, your moral code, your compass, right? If you're the lighthouse, you will lead your wife. The strongest women on the planet still want a man to lead decisions, to fuck her brains out. You know, this, the same guy would be like, yeah, I'm not, what do you think? Maybe we should just roll over in bed a little bit here. I'll kiss her here. Oh, she's going out, down on me for too long. I better be like, here, let me get back to you for a second. Instead of just fucking living in the moment and going to take care of business. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I've had both experiences where I've had some guys I've been like, just, you just need to stop. <laughs> like, Cause you can feel it in their energy. You can feel that they're hesitant or they're nervous or and and that's okay like you have these emotions and I don't want to shame or downgrade a guy for doing that but it's like step up just step up please you know yeah it's interesting you said shame because that's where it typically comes from it's something that's usually a childhood programming or well yes I mean even if you have the best parents in the world they can't meet your needs all the time and that somehow transfers into programming of like my needs aren't worth it and so therefore, if I have needs, I'm not good enough. And I mean, we can keep going and going. This is a whole cycle babble bullshit, but I know <laughs> it doesn't fit in with the Lego model because we just want the pieces, but, but it is really important to understand. At least that's how I put it together is because when you understand it, you can take back control and then you can go ravish your woman. Lead. And I don't mean take over. I mean, you just, you're just together. You're full on and you're, you're not like, well, her child. No woman sleeping with her child. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there's this thing of being being a lover or a mother, and definitely like falling into that you know trap. Like as a woman, where you feel like you may need to mother them, and it's it's so unattractive. Oh God, it's it's horrible. Oh, it's and you know what? My like some of my reels, like one reel that I said I, I sent out that went eight million views was like. Uh, Hey, honey, I did the dishes. I tidied the living room. I did the laundry. It's like, she doesn't give a shit. She did that six times a day, chasing the kid around, like show up and be a freaking adult. If she's not with you, you still have to do that. If you're a provider, you still have to pay if she's not with you. If if you're a great dad, you still need to be a great dad. And you won't get to have any sex because she's not with you anymore. So why are you doing any of that right now? All of that is, again, society's crap that's put this, I I must be checking the boxes, I'm doing all this right, but you're not actually a great provider, great dad, great guy, if that's all that you're thinking of, all these expectations, because now you're not a great man anymore, and now you are just another child. She's picking up your skid-marked underwear. She's cleaning out the blowouts in the toilet. She's the one making decisions for dinner, where we're going for ice cream after the soccer game. She's planning the dates, the fun times, the marketplace pickups, and you think, because you pay the bills? You're awesome. Dude, she signed up for a fairy tale. She might have the kingdom, but where's the fucking Prince Charming? You know Mm. what I mean? Like, Mm. come on. I don't know. That's how I look at it. So what's the reality then? What's the, what's the, if you flip that to the other way, then what in your view and opinion would you think is a man that's stepping up into being 
who he's supposed to be? And then how would you give us some tips of how to become that man? How much time we got? Okay, so I'll give you the summarized version. (laughs) (laughs) So first things first, Lucy, you can't turn your wife on again, like reignite the passion, desire, and fire if you're an automatic turnoff. So I've hinted at a couple of times. Let's talk about society solutions. Mm-hmm. So the things that we are shown by, whether it's our parents, our friends, our pastors, the examples we see, whatever you see on social media, we're inundated with all this crap on feeds. The normal solutions that men would try to, to, to fix things, to be okay with their wife, to make things happen again, they're actually automatically turning their wife off. And if you understand how I present things, that means there's no room for horny there. You're never going to turn around again. You can't even, and by the way, sex is the checkered flag. I mean, if you can't even have a good conversation, you can't have flirting banter, you can't have a good date because she's afraid it's going to go to sex, well, stop blaming her. We got to actually stop turning her off so that we can have all the intimacy hit on, I call it the rejection ladder. Every rung of the ladder has to be hit. And then sex is at the top. And when you ignite each level, each rung on the ladder, when the sex is incredible, now you're going to reamplify everything down below and it becomes this virtuous cycle. So first things first, we have to stop automatically turning our wife off. Okay. So how we do that is simple. Number one, you're going to have to take hundred percent responsibility for yourself. That's it. You cannot control your wife. You cannot control. And if, if, if women are listening, you can't control your husband. You take responsibility for yourself, your actions, just for a blip in time compared to decades of happiness. Pretend that everything that they're doing wrong is a reaction to things that you've done wrong in the past. This will just help you move past it. It's just short time. Give you a little insight back to my toxic, terrible marriage in the beginning. Well, I let Catherine have her turn. I just said it's her turn. She was throwing furniture now. It wasn't me destroying the house. She threw a phone across the room, just past my head, hole in the wall. Baby, I'm right here with you. I love you. You know, like you're going to have to let your partner have their feelings. That's all it is. Love them through it. Empathy is really what it is. Okay. Feel what they're feeling. Okay. Then once you've done that, you've allowed that. Now it's time to take ownership and responsibility for yourself. Okay. What are the things that I'm doing wrong? The first thing that we're doing wrong is the things that we've been programmed to do wrong. So let's forget the easy, obvious, I'm going to get defensive all the time. And let's just go with the things that you try to do to fix. So I spell this out in the word society because society is the one that put this on us. Okay. So S, social cues. So I provide, I'm a great dad. I'm a great guy. I'm a great protector. Listen, you can provide as much as you want. But like I said, a few moments ago, you should provide. Are you a fucking man? And even if you're not, even if like, she's a super high powered executive, whatever, dude, you should still be fucking focused on making some money and living your life, living your purpose. Like, come on, like grow up. Okay. So I'm a great dad. Well, I don't care if you're married or not. Did you pick being a dad in your life? You should be a great dad. This is way more than providing a roof. It's way more than wrestling or disciplining. Like, do you have one-on-one time? Do you date your kids? Do you read parenting books? Do you grow up and learn how to connect with your kids? So when they grow up, they understand what a relationship looks like. If you're blaming your wife, they're getting a bad example. Stop saying you're a great dad. If you're going to just sit there and show them a bad example. Because I don't care how great you are. You're not doing it great. That's it. And by the way, I was the most, I was the, in my course, I tell everybody, Catherine said to me, you got to love them too. So I was not a great dad. So I'm not, I don't project all this stuff is my mistakes, guys. I'm not, I'm not putting this on you. Um, I'm a great protector. 
listen, you're not a great protector. I don't care if you can beat up everybody at the bar. If you're putting your wife in harm, you're first off a bad protector. And like, how many times do you get to slide across the BMW and save your wife from kidnappers? This does not happen. And if muggers or burglars are breaking into your house every weekend, you need to move or you suck as a protector. Secondly, protection is so much bigger, man. Safety. Women needs like they need safety, emotional, spiritual, financial. There are so many different levels to safety that you need to be providing. When's the last time you felt like she was being unapologetically herself? Because if she doesn't feel like that, she's not safe in the home. So you're not going to get anywhere. Not good conversation, not her true personality. Oh, she never even responds to my text messages and doesn't even want to have any fun. Yeah, dude, is she safe? Because if she's not unapologetic herself, you're not getting that part of her. So if you yelled all the time, if you did all the, go ahead. You got something to say. Go, go. I was going to say like the safety piece is huge. Like what, I don't even know where to start with that. Because I think a lot of men and and. I don't mean to like obviously generalize this, but what in your eyes do you think is absolutely very simple that men overlook the one simple safety tip that you would give? Yeah. So I think it's, it's super, super easy. The example I use with my men is making her feel heard, right? I, in my course, I talk about being a lover and a player and a lover makes her feel loved, valued, respected, heard, seen, i.e. emotional connection, i.e. safety. The player would make her feel like a woman, have needs, all that shit. We'll get to that another time. How do you do that? You got to make her feel heard. And you get you got to actually listen. So drop your defensiveness and listen. The example I use is simple. She says it's 4 p.m. And your mind goes to, oh, my God, what did I forget? She's going to be mad. She's going to be upset. And if she's upset, then we're not going to have a good time later. That means we're not going to have sex later. Like, it's just going to be blah, 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 blah. And you're like... The, the clock was made in England in 1912. And then in 1946, it came over in a boat and the boat was blue and the waves were crashing. And oh my God, baby, we're just lucky the boat actually made it here. And she's like, dude, I just said it was four o'clock. Can you validate my feelings? Can you tell me you understand and appreciate what's going on? Do you have to solve and fix everything right now? Can you just let me know that you're with me right now? Because I didn't actually need a fucking answer. I needed a partner. I just wanted to share with you. So I think... I don't think this is the end all be all, but I think that the number one thing you can do right now is stop talking your way into your wife's vagina. It's not working. Mm. Just stop it. Start appreciating her. She's, she's a smart. Okay. I'm going to just go out on a limb here and say you married an intelligent woman. Otherwise you probably wouldn't be with an intelligent woman or, 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 or her because she's not intelligent. Sorry. So if you think she's intelligent, why are you trying to fucking Lego brick block at everything for her and just let her flow, let her roll, let her process, let her think. And then I tell them, all you have to do is wait for the question. So when she says, what time is it? Well, still don't say, well, the watch was made in England. Just it's 4 p.m. Like, come on. Like once you start to realize what I think this kind of ties in with the whole men not being men anymore. Right now, we're in this emotional feminine flow because most of us, I was included in this, my dad was never around, raised by a woman, completely taught to just feminine flow instead of just, okay, she just needs to get it out. Answer the question. Good. She's processing. She's intelligent. Just let it happen. Cool. And by the way, this doesn't mean that you could never have a fun, awesome conversation. My gosh, my wife and I will watch a show, a one-hour show on Netflix, but it'll take three hours to watch it. Oh, we're having fun and we're talking. I will run business faster. I will do all. Of course you can. 
But the first thing is you got to get to a point where she can trust you again. And she feels like you're not trying to teach her. I call it lecturing, actually. Would you like lecturing or pillow talk? Well, I like pillow talk personally. Definitely. New lecturing. But when you let go of that, you're not talking her way into her vagina. Then all of a sudden, you're living life. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Can you just give more of an example than what of a lecturing would look like versus a pillow talk? Oh, yeah. So I love this. So, <laughs> by the way, this is I'm the king of the mistakes. That's everything that you see from me is my mistakes. The lecturing I look at is simple. Sex is the easiest one because men are doing it when they're not having the amount of sex they want, the kind of sex they want. What are they doing? Why don't you want me? What would turn you on again? You know, like I kind of feel like a pervert, you know, maybe you don't say that part to her, but you're, you're really trying to figure out because we're told communication is key. Talk about it with your partner. Don't go to bed angry, but listen, you don't have the skills for that. And by the way, even if you use the right skills with that kind of conversation, all you're doing is turning her off. There's no room for horny if she's guilty. So just stop right now. Now let's say that you are having this conversation. The lecturing looks like this. Well, how about I tell you a story about me? And this is where it's even worse than lecturing, but we're having a conversation. Why don't you want me anymore? You used to want sex all the time. You know, when we signed up, it was one to three times a day. You agreed, you know, and Catherine was super intentional. She was honoring the commitment. She wanted to be this great wife. And there's so many, and Catherine's Christian or we're Christian, but Catherine's Christian beliefs were like, I got to do this. I got to make sure that I'm serving my husband. And whether or not your wife is Christian or not, I've learned that there's like there's some incredibly intentional, intentional and honorable. Intentional is intentional and honorable together. Intentional women that are really trying to serve their husbands. That's not the same as desire. Mm. So when a man feels it, he starts to ask these questions. And then when she can't really provide an answer, like Catherine used to say, well, I think I'm the sexiest man on the planet, but I'm just not down. I just don't want you. And eventually turn to, I think you're repulsive. We start having these questions. We start asking, well, why do you think I'm repulsive? Started to come up for me to the point where I flipped her out of a bed one night. Like the lecturing went on so long, like throughout the night. This is the, the most common case with lecturing that I see is like, it's not as much as I was, but it's, it's like the conversation is going. We're trying to have sex. Quite often the man stops the sex while it's happening because he's, self-sabotaging right and so he'll pull back and then he'll want to talk about it he'll want to talk about it he'll want to talk about it instead and whether or not he stops the sex or not when these conversations happen it's like he won't let her go to sleep he's just constantly over top of her he's pacing around the room she's trying to just she's just trying to just stop and he's just I have to tell you, I have to tell you, I have to tell you, it's you, it's you, it's you. You need to fix your hormones. You need to get this checked out. Why don't you want me anymore? I'm such a great guy. I call this talking your way into your wife's vagina, but now we're lecturing. And if you get as bad as I was, then you're, I flipped Catherine out of a bed. One time was the worst with the lecturing. This was after three days, literally shut our gym down, had trainers go in there, shut anything down that I was doing. We need to talk about this. We need to talk about this because society tells you. Talk about don't go to bed angry. So three days, no sleep. Just you need to you need to want me. You need to do whatever. Like talk about abuse. This is why I always say like when guys are like, oh, I can't get it to work. Like like I don't understand. I'm like you ain't got nothing on the crap that I used to do. So if you can't get it to work, you're just not trying hard enough. You're giving up too soon because lecturing for me was a lot worse than what normal men would do. 
but but normal men are still pretty bad. If you if you think about the toilet paper roll, I don't know what you're like, Lucy, but what I've learned is women are just like my wife, and most of them leave the toilet paper roll right next to the garbage. Not not in the garbage. Maybe it's next to the toilet. Not in the garbage. It's pretty common. Men get kind of annoyed. And my lesson is simple. Act like you just got laid. Because if you just got laid, you'd pick it up, you'd throw it in the garbage, and you'd be like, la-di-da, I just got laid. And you wouldn't give a shit, right? But <clears throat> when, you, when you're pissed off about the toilet paper roll, that sets everything into lecture mode where you're like, you did this. You don't love me. You don't meet my needs. You, you're like... And you just you just shame dump, you guilt throw, you blame push, you just literally, it's got to be all her fault because you don't want me. And so you have to start learning to fill your own bucket, start to realize that that's not what's going on. You're literally protecting yourself because you're not doing what you need to do properly. But this is a very hard switch to flip. You have to want it. You absolutely have to want it. Yes. Wait, I love that. You aren't protecting yourself by doing it properly that is a really fucking big pill to swallow <laughs> if you think about it defensiveness is how it starts so if you understand like the Gottman's called the four horsemen defensiveness blame criticism contempt right and so if you are hyper focused on defending yourself what you are is you're in threat mode that's all it is it's perceived threat but i'm not good enough it's not we can actually, we can forget that part. You can just really get into it's fear-based. It's totally fear-based. Maybe we're going to end. I'm not good enough. Um, no matter what happens, you're going to reject me. Like there's all, it's just fear-based is a threat. So defense mechanisms are out to protect us in survival mode, which disallows any individual from wanting to take responsibility for themselves. Here's here's a really good way to look at it is I'll get guys that want to sign up for my program all the time, okay? And now we're really particular with who we take because we have a 90% success rate and we want to flip divorce statistics. So we're really particular. Now I'll get somebody that we, and I'm actually a poor judge of character compared to my wife. She's like, woo, radar. But <laughs> I'll bring a guy in and then, uh, all of a sudden he'll say something like, like within six hours or 24 hours, oh, I can't do it. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. And I, I'm, I'm no longer past the whole insecure. It's just like rejection from your wife. So I, yeah. on the phone. Okay. So, okay. What's going on? Let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. And what happens, you know, they just had a big fight with their wife and the D word was thrown out or whatever, you know, cause it's also not common guys wait till the last minute. So now they come get the Lego blocks. They join the program. Here's the blocks and their wife serves them divorce papers. Like guys, if you're listening, please don't wait till the last minute. It's so much easier. It happens, but it's so much easier if you don't wait. But what you realize is that they're, they're in that survival mode. Well, fuck it. She just said she wants a divorce and she called me a bunch of names. I had one guy, he got kicked in the balls. This happens like, but <laughs> if you just wake up, stop break realize you still have to take responsibility for you if you don't you're going to repeat the same mistakes and if you don't believe me look at all the past relationships and just see what you did that's it it's the same shit it's the same cycle same patterns almost always for 99 of the people like but now you're going to give up your family you're going to give up the person that you committed to the person and even if you're not married come on you've been together for years what are you doing 
You know what I mean? It's it's not easier to start over, but it's not harder to take responsibility for yourself. It's just a choice. Because then right. obviously the patterns are going to repeat themselves in the next relationship that you get into. Hands down. Yeah. I can look at, so, so Catherine never cheated on me and I deal with a lot of guys who've been cheated on, but, or have cheated, but all prior to Catherine, I was cheated on over and over and over again. Same patterns. Now, the part that was similar wasn't the cheating. Catherine just got a different moral code. Okay. But that doesn't mean she didn't, she went and did blow. She did other things. She did lots of things to cope instead or to move on to get her dopamine rush or whatever. It does not matter. But what was constant was me. Right. And we've heard that before. I'm the common denominator and stuff like that. But no, stop and think about it. Like, I'm not making this shit up. You think about it. All the times that I blamed and I fought and I argued and I, I mean, literally it was fighting every single day for my entire two decades of my life until I realized, wait a minute, I'm not for three days. So maybe it's not quite two decades. Somewhere in that last year was, well, I guess it would be one year less because I moved out at 18. But yeah, like at 37, I realized, whoa, this feels really good to not be fighting. So somewhere in that year, that's basically 20 years. Like who the fuck wants to live like that? You can change your patterns or you don't. And you can just re- keep repeating it. But why wouldn't you want to change your patterns with the person that you love or you did love? Because more often than not, we create the pain and build on that together. We create the 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 wounds. And, uh, here, look, we talked about protector earlier. So in a in a prolonged relationship, you're fighting. There's triggers. There's issues. There's pain. There's so much. And this is something that you both brought in, and then you both amplify. Okay. Well, think about it. If there was gunshots and you both got shot. I'm not looking at my own wounds. I'm trying to see if Catherine's okay because I actually am a protector. Mm-hmm. So if you're defending yourself, you're not looking at your partner's wounds. Let her get shot. Let her bleed out on the floor. That's what matters to you. That's certainly what matters to you when you say, let's get a divorce. You're a fucking cunt. You blah, blah, blah. And these are all things that I said. Trust me. When you're smashing your house up and doing everything, like, trust me, I'm not judging anybody. What I'm saying is, if I can own it and understand it, then there's a lot of victims out there that need to wake the F up. But yeah, it's victim, victim mentality. Just wake up. And by the way, on that note, something I really realize that's hitting people out there. If you don't believe me in your relationship, how many times are you complaining about your money? How much money you make? How many times you complain about your body? How many times you complain about the guitars beating your hands up, but you're not actually playing the songs anymore? The car that can't get finished, the book that never got read, the therapy session that didn't work. Shut the fuck up. You're being a victim. If you want a better marriage, start looking at the rest of your life. More than likely, you might not be as bad as me, but you're not taking the opportunity to really embrace the opportunity you have to break that cycle. You know what I'm saying? So when you say look at the rest of your life, and obviously, you know, the show is a big thing about when you speak up about in your relationships and your sex, the ripple effects. For you, what have you seen then when you took these steps with Catherine to improve your life? How did that affect the rest of your life? Lucy, I'm sorry. I forgot I want to talk about this with you because this is what you talk about so much. So, yeah. I know I'm loving this. This is We're just going with it. I think it's it's (laughs) one of the most exciting things. So, I used to call it the daily release that releases you until I started to really learn about not having to release every day. And, uh, and now all that could go. But 
All that aside, the point is when you're sexually connected with your partner, do you remember we talked about that rejection ladder and that, that virtuous cycle? Yeah. So, so a lot of guys are afraid to have a conversation. They're afraid to initiate a text, a flirt, a date. Their wife rejected. They don't know how to handle it if she won't even go on a date with her. Like, blah, 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 blah. And you work your way up this ladder and you figure this stuff out and you have this incredible sex life. And then I told you that when that's incredible, now it amplifies every other rung below and it becomes this virtuous cycle. So instead of spinning your tail, going backwards in time, nothing's ever good. You're going up this ladder and it just keeps you just everything keeps getting better and better. So I like to look at it like a ladder that gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, think about it like this. So most of the men that are listening probably right now that are not having the the, the incredible sex life that they want. OK, we wear our heart on our sleeves. Right. So. The easiest way I could explain this is I was a personal trainer for, for 22 years. I owned a gym. And when things weren't good in my relationship, I'd go there and I'd be like, okay, squat a little faster, you know, do whatever. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. Lean back. But when I was on fire, it was like, hey, whoa, lean back. Let's go a little faster. Like there's a little bit more energy. Amplify that to things that actually matter in life, your purpose. That was not what I was destined to do. I learned a lot from what I did there, but that's not, I'm doing what I'm destined to do now. So now amplify that with your energy. When you are getting that kind of intimacy, that kind of connection, that kind of like, you know, so we talk about this, the strong woman, the strong man, the bump in the heads, toxic feminism, blah, blah, blah. No, man, when you're a strong team, like my wife and I lead each other. It's not sure the man should be the leader. My wife would say I'm the leader and I tell men they should lead, but we lead each other. Why? Because that energy that we put out into the world, man, this is unstoppable energy. The amount of people that we can reach, we can interact with, we can, let's take it closer to home. I'm going to lean in for this one. Let's take it closer to home. Parents, parents, think about it like this. Children are one of the most challenging things you could ever deal with. I'm going to call them things to deal with right now that you heard me right. So we love them. Mine are like little blonde tornadoes. They're gorgeous. They're incredible. And they're hard. Mm. So now if you think about, remember I said earlier, loving your wife through it, loving your partner through it, leading with empathy is really what that means. Well, that's what children need, right? And so if you can understand that they have no idea how to deal with their emotions and that we're almost all too short-tempered with our children and that we must learn how to let them feel right? Which means not let society tell you you're stupid for letting your kids scream in front of you in public because you look bad as a parent. No, no. They need to feel or they're going to repeat your mistakes. Just own that right now. If you learn nothing today about everything I'm talking about with marriage, I want the future generations to learn it right. So learn that right now. Let your children feel. Well, now think about it like this. When you're not connected with your partner, well, it's hard. It's hard, isn't it? You, you're wearing your heart on your sleeve. You're not feeling good. You, you don't feel as ambitious in life. You don't feel as confident. You don't feel as strong. You don't feel like you, you like you second guess your decisions. Mm-hmm. Now go to your parenting for a second. Our legacy. Okay. The first and foremost legacy that we have is our kids. Well, where's the patience for them? The grace, the ability to let them feel when you are connected with your partner. Oh my gosh. So like the difference with Catherine, I remember I told you earlier, she said like, you need to love them too, to where now one of us is struggling. It's simply, Hey babe, I got this. Go take a break, you know, or then we're not, now we're at a point actually 
now that I say that, we're not even at that point anymore where it's literally like the other one just interjects. There's no worry about being defensive. No worry about I'm a bad parent. How dare you criticize me? doesn't look like we're undermining each other. We literally just step in and lead the other one and mm-hmm. show that. When you're that connected, when you're, and I believe sex is the is the checkered flag. It shows you that. But it's all those rungs in the ladder. And then you can, you're unstoppable in the world. Money, your yes, your children, of course. But no matter what your goals are, you can go achieve them because you feel unstoppable. Mm. And no matter what your purpose is, if you're in a committed long-term relationship, I don't care what resource you're looking at, because lots say it's your purpose for men. It's your purpose. It's your, yeah. I'm all about that. But one of my purposes is damn rights as my wife and my family. You know what I mean? And that amplifies every other purpose in my life, you know? And then for you then with this kind of whole movement around being this fulfilled purpose-driven man, did you find it flowed quite well between Catherine and her values as well? Like, was she very much in on this as well? Or did it take a while to obviously get you? question and a good question for your audience because yeah when you make a change like this a shift like this mm-hmm. what you have to understand is back to the safety that you really resonated with earlier like she she's not going to accept it right away you have three types of wives you have a wife that's like this is everything i ever wanted this is awesome and she follows pretty uncommon you have type three i'll bypass two type three who's like uh this is a little bit too late i don't believe you i need to see more you know and type three can be vicious Catherine was vicious like when she but she's on a sales call with somebody trying to see if somebody inviting to the program and try to find out they're a good fit she'll tell her story and she'll say listen like my husband was narcissistic he was abusive he'd all the stuff but i also whether or not he brought it out of me i did things i am not proud of and she was also just as abusive just as violent i call violence like even verbal like it, it's, mm-hmm. it's not healthy it's violent so yeah. Then you have type two who's like, Ooh, I love this. I'm in. Nah, I, don't, I don't believe this. I'm out. And they kind of, that's most women because when you don't have the safety, the, the, the integrity hasn't been there. There's this big, I'm in, I'm out. I'm in, I'm out. So you have to just keep showing up and allowing her to take the time, give her the grace to understand that. Okay. This is real. Catherine, uh, here's the biggest one. Actually forget Catherine for a second. Every woman that I've seen now that's uh, well, I'm working with the men, but what I what I find from the wives is just like Catherine, where like later, a year, 18 months, at some point, then she goes, I just realized you have no expectations. Like it takes, now they act like there's no expectations for a long time prior, but they still believe, they still, deep inside, they still think, oh, you just want to get laid. You're just using me. You're just, you know, this isn't real. This so it takes a little time. And so that's part of why you have to be consistent. You have to allow them to believe. It's just like deprogramming her programming. But this is on you because you created it, right? Yes. And then, oh, God, I could talk to you all day. <laughs> I love it. Oh, um, I don't even know. I could just continue to talk to you forever. But I think for you then, now where you're at, where do you see your relationship going in the next, like, five years for you actually let me rephrase that before say you're like in, when you're in your 80s 90s however long you want to live for and you'll feel proud of the relationship what would that look like for you 
Oh, I love that. So like for us, it's, we want to flip divorce statistics. Like yeah. we would know, we would know that our example, I, I call it the shining light or the light that Catherine and I followed. Like we were that bad for four years. It was, it was brutal. Like we should have got divorced. Catherine used to say, if I wasn't Christian, I would have smothered you in your sleep while you're passed out. Honestly. <laughs> and, and I believe her actually, I do. She was yeah. crossing the, the bridge to when she wanted to really dive into her faith and I think I should thank God for that because I'd probably be dead otherwise because I did some terrible things. And I look at that, like the, the light that we followed, that's what I call it to people. I don't really know how to describe it. I just knew what was worth it. Yeah. Worth it. And when I look back 80, 90 years, if I see divorce statistics flip the way that I want to, like right now, it's like a staggering 70%. When, and that's first, second, third marriages, which is repeat the cycle bullshit, why you shouldn't bother, right? It's worse than second and third. But I mean, even first first divorce, uh, divorce rates have now gone up uh, another 4% in the last year or something. Like it's, it's climbing all the time. Mm. So if 30 years from now, 40 years, 50 years from now, if I can see that they flipped, then I know that we did what we were supposed to do. That's my ultimate, that's my dream. I want to be, I don't, I don't need to be famous on shit, but I'd love to see a little, I don't know, Wikipedia, a little something that's like, because of Cass and Catherine, divorce statistics change. Like that's, that'd be awesome. But it's not really for the fame. It's for the, man, I love what we have. If we did what everybody else said we should do, quit, especially Catherine was told that. And I was told, certainly, but by then I started removing some of the negative surroundings in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was still told, but then our twins would have two homes. You know, our son wouldn't be here. We wouldn't have an incredible marriage. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have a phenomenal sex life. We wouldn't have just been in Maxim Magazine and Forbes last month. And we wouldn't be leading people all over the world. So I'm I'm I think that everything happens for a reason. And I I believe that's God. I don't doesn't I don't care if you believe in God or not. The point is simple. Everything happens for a reason. We were told we would heal couples. We were prophesied. We were, we were, it was like put on us. You in the white shirt, they'd call me up from the crowd and they you're gonna be laying hands on people. And I was like, Are you out of your fucking mind? We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna kill each other. four years later we're all over the world healing couples and laying hands not laying hands but yeah (laughs) wow it's it's, yeah it's it's pretty cool stuff and again whether or not you believe in god i do know this the impact that we can have will by the time we reach the age that you're talking about will reflect back and for goodness sakes it's going to be in my children's hearts that's for darn sure you know what i mean and how amazing that your children get to experience that and see it firsthand, right? Oh, I I believe. It. I mean, I have a son with somebody else that we're split. He's in another city. Like, the, like we all have shitty stories, man. You know, the point is to move forward and really do what we can with with where we want to go. What mm-hmm. what legacy do you want to leave behind? You know, it's so true. And you know what? A lot of people don't know what legacy is that they want to leave behind. I, I believe that. I mean, that goes down to the basic provider thing. I can't even like I'm living paycheck to paycheck. Like, do it if you get some skills. It's time to move on. Stop playing victim like we talked about earlier. So so much of this stuff just wraps in the same package over and over again, you know? 
Yeah. And it's it's interesting because I think a lot of people are addicted to victimhood as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, it's easy. It's easy, you know. Um, a lot of my men, their wives, and men are in this this the same thing, but I'm just speaking from speaking to some of my husbands, but my husbands, that sounds terrible. But <laughs> their wives are their wives are in these like sexless marriage groups and like uh, you know, my husband's an asshole a group on Reddit or Facebook or whatever. And it's like one of the biggest lessons that you guys can learn while you're listening today is stop sitting in your pain. Stop it. Stop going to get support from everybody that's going to tell you, oh, I'm sorry, that must suck. Yes. Instead of saying, like, that's that's one thing when we're talking about validating our partner, okay? Leading with empathy with your partner. But mm-hmm. when you're going elsewhere to get validation for how you feel, which is like, it sucks and and, and I want to say, like, she shouldn't do that to you and you, getting drunk, doing whatever the fuck you're doing, bitching and blah, blah, blah. Just no, get out of that group. Get out of that family member. Lose yeah. them. Lose the friend from middle school. I don't really care. If they're not supporting the future that you want, mm-hmm. wasting your time. But we do. We get caught up because misery loves company. That's it. Oh, it's so true. But a lot of people don't know the other way, right? Like a lot of people don't know what it is like to have that support where it is what are you going to do in the future? Where are you going to head to? Who do you want to be? Well, you know, that's such a good point. I didn't, and I didn't know this because I was always open and speaking. I was having trouble. I would, I went to therapy. I talked to friends. I went to my pastor. I did whatever I could to try to figure out how I could save my marriage, sex mm-hmm. life. Now I was still enough of an asshole that all I did was kind of crush everything that I got, but Looking back, I can see now where there was good people and where there was bad people. And yeah. what we do as normal people is protect ourselves, go back to survival skills, the threat, defensism, and we start to defend ourselves. And then we hit, hit down the road of blame, contempt, criticism. Contempt is the worst, of course. And so you can find your way out, but you got to start making some different choices. It is way easier to sit there and say, oh, you know what? I really like some Cheetos and some of these donuts with icing sugar and lick your fingers and rub your belly and go to the gym. It's yeah. the same thing with marriage, man. It's the same thing with business. It's, it's all the same shit. You got to stop being a victim. You just got to, what do I want to do? And do something about it. But here's where it gets confusing is you might not have the steps. That's mm-hmm. okay. That's okay. There's people like me. You don't have to go with me, but there are people like me that took the time and spent the money and then took the time from taking the time to learn how to put it together and yeah. then figure whether it's me or not, you need to take a step forward. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to do. Take responsibility for yourself and say, this is, I don't like this person in the mirror. Yeah, I, I got to stop complaining about my bank account. I got to stop complaining about my wife. I got to stop complaining about my body. I got to stop complaining about yeah. my guitar sucking, whatever. I don't care. Just like stop complaining, start mm-hmm. doing, you know? A hundred percent. And it's even if it's taking like the smallest step each time, you know, like it's just to keep the fuck going. Yes. Like yeah. people get so attached to outcome. Yeah. There's two things about that. The first thing is you start to think about, okay, well, I need to make, let's use money because money's everybody wants money. Right. So I, I'm going to make a million dollars this year. Actually, you need to learn the skills that can make you a million dollars. Do you know how to make, do you, do you know how to get leads? Do you know how to sell? And do you know how to, keep them going do you have to send them so that you can make more money do you know what the long-term value of them are because you're giving them even more value than their value to you is like there's so many skills you need to learn not worry about the bank account Mm -hmm. right second thing is how are you measuring 
your success. Okay. Like let's use money again. Oh, well, I'm the hardest working provider on the planet. My wife should want me. Really? Because you're measuring money with money and you ain't making that much money. Sorry. <laughs> like, honestly, like you, you should be measuring the outcome with what it is that you, you think you're trying to achieve, i.e. same with sex. Oh, I'm such a great provider. Like, you know, you should you should really want me. Really? Because if your sex life sucks, then I guess why are you measuring that with that? Yeah. Measure your sex life with how good of, of, of a sex life you should have. Because it sucks, obviously. So shut up. Stop being a victim. Figure out what works. It's not always what's fair. That sucks. That part sucks. That's true. But do what works. Then you'll succeed. By the way, back to what you talked about earlier, you'll get much more out of life. You'll be happier. So yeah. even if it's not fair right now, and it kind of feels like it sucks and it's one-sided, dude, you don't give a shit if she's opening the towel up and she's like, check this out for later, baby. I got to the gym this morning. I took my sweater off and my wife's panties fell out of my pocket, a sign that we're going to do it later. Like, at, at a party looking at no, your customers. Nah. Yeah, like it's just when you get there again, it's so worth it. So measure success with the success you actually want. I don't care how hard you work. If you're not making money, <laughs> you suck. I by the way, I did that for years. For 18 years of my business, I made fuck all 100 grand a year, 150 grand a year. Well, I know it's a lot for some people, but uh, not self-employed, not yeah. owning a business, not doing your thing. And then, then I made half a million, well, more than half a million dollars a year actually working, measuring success with success, not I work so hard. Same thing with your sex life. If you don't get panties in your pocket and your wife's not saying, let's go to the bathroom from across the room at a party, then mm -hmm. shut up. You don't know what you're doing. Just own it. Exactly. Build, the Lego. build the rocket. Literally build the rocket with the Literally Lego. The oh, <laughs> so good. Okay. The one question I always ask all my guests is if you have one guilty pleasure or one pleasure, what would it be and why? Control and sex. Love it. <laughs> Love it. I think there's so many different kinds of sex. And like, now I don't think sex is the end all be all, but man, come on. I love it. And you know, yeah. some people like to watch Netflix. I like to have sex. Now we'll watch a one hour show, watch it for three hours. We'll laugh. We'll talk. We'll have fun. We'll press pause. Guys, you can rewind this shit. And if you're doing this right, you can have sex. My guilty pleasure. <laughs> I like sex. Always, 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 always. It's just, it's just super fun. Perfect. Amazing. Oh gosh. Thank you so much for joining today. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Um, if anyone wants to find you, where's the best place to hear more about your work and watch your journey and become a legend in their own right or a Lord in your words. Lord, I love it. Um, <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Ryan is my real name. Cass is the name I go by now. So I use the whole thing. It serves a purpose. The old guy that couldn't get action. And the guy that gets action all the time. Uh, so RyanCastMoro.com. You can find me on social media too. You can search pretty much any any channel for Ryan Cast Moro, except for Instagram. You know, these social media platforms shut you down when you're being as open as I am. I and know. So restricted. <laughs> oh, do you get shut down as well? Yeah, all the time. All the time. Oh. I actually kind of get off on it. I'm like, yes, you know, like, but yeah, I yeah. I, I agree. It. it means that you're doing something right. I agree. We're saying things that people need to hear. We're offending people. It's like when we talk about being a victim. Yeah, mm -hmm. some, some of you will be offended. Good. Because until you get offended enough, like my wife did with me, then you realize, oh, I, I can make a change. Until yeah. then, you're, you, you're going to shut us down. You can do whatever you want. But 
that means we're doing it right. I totally agree. I yeah. totally yeah. agree. Yes. And I'll put everything in the show notes as well. Anyway, so if people want to check you out, they can have a look. But yeah, thank you so much for joining today. It's been an absolute honor. And I'm excited to see where you head to. <laughs> I love it. I've had, I've had, this is the most fun I've had on podcasting. I think I've done 20 in the last four months or so. Like you're awesome, Lucy. Oh, thank if your you. audience has a, oh, you're very welcome. I appreciate being on here. If your audience has any questions at all and you want to do like an episode on questions or or whatever like that, let me know. Let's have some fun. I think that's I'm a great idea. That. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Okay. We can, yeah, I think there's some good stuff we could do there. Yeah. let Leave it to them. It's your audience. Let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. Of course, let's stick to the theme. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining today. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode with the beautiful cast. I hope you learn a lot along the lines, whether you are male, female, unicorn, whatever you term yourself as, and that you really see that there is more if you are in a committed long-term relationship to improve on rather than giving up and walking away. So as always, if you want to subscribe, listen to further, getting more updates, Cass and I, as you can hear from the end of the episode, have some exciting um, business opportunities which we've just discussed a little bit more which I'm so thrilled to share with you soon and yeah enjoy and I will see you all next week my beautiful pleasure seekers bye